guys. What is good? This is Morgan Mueller coming at you with the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. We actually have each of these episodes begin as a YouTube video. So if you would like to watch the original content on YouTube, search my name, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N, Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, on YouTube, look for the Joy and Hope logo. But otherwise, thanks for being here. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, guys. Morgan here, bringing you another episode of Joy and Hope. Today, we're going to talk about what not to do when discerning a vocation. And whenever we talk about how to do something in general, whether that's discerning a vocation or literally anything else, sometimes it really is helpful to start with what not to do in order to more clearly see, okay, then this is probably what should happen instead. Before we get to that though, as always, I want to pause and say, if you have not already subscribed to this channel, make sure to go ahead and click the subscribe button below to do so. Hit the notification bell as well. So you never miss out on any new material. And finally, um, If you have not yet become a Joy and Hope patron, I ask you to prayerfully consider doing so, as my patrons are the ones who make it possible for me to give my life completely in service to God in this way. Thank you to all of those who have taken that jump and joined me on this journey in that way. Y'all's support means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, I always forget to mention this at the beginning, but this channel is now also available as a podcast, both on SoundCloud or on iTunes. On SoundCloud, if you just look up my name like you do on YouTube, you'll find it there. Look for the Joy and Hope logo. Or on iTunes, look up the Joy and Hope podcast, specifically Joy and Hope being all one word and all lowercase, if you'd rather listen in that way. But all that having been said, let's get to today's episode. So when we talk about discerning a vocation, there are so many helpful tips and things that people say to do. However, recently I had a friend share this hilarious but super helpful blog with me written by a priest. I don't want to get his name wrong, but I'm going to be honest. I don't know how to say his last name. So this comes from Father Andrew Yunin? Question mark. The link is below. So his last name is Y-O-U-N-A-N. Feel free to just go click on the link and read the blog yourself. If you are illiterate though, listen up because I am literally today for this episode just going to read this blog because as I said, it is not only super funny, it is super helpful and full of actually really great tips on what not to do when discerning a vocation. So without further ado, take it away, Father Andrew. So this blog is entitled Discerning a Vocation, What Not to Do. It was written May 23rd of this year. He says, in my 16 years as a priest, I've been vocation director, seminary rector, and spiritual director to a convent. More importantly, I've made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot. And like many God-related things, a lot of the knowledge we have about vocations is about what's not true. How exactly someone goes about discerning a vocation is a hard thing to answer, but I can definitely tell you what not to do. 
For one thing, don't talk to me about it anymore. This post is all you're getting. Also, there's a video at the bottom of this post you can watch of an event we did at school. I appreciate this man's sense of humor. That's all I'm gonna say. Moving on. I'm not a historian of theology, but I wonder how old the current idea of discerning a vocation really is in the first place. In the olden days, you get the sense that someone, that some kid kind of liked the idea of being a monk, so he became a monk. And that was that. I think it's possible that a lot of the torturous self-searching we find ourselves doing is the result of our confused and narcissistic culture. I think maybe the same goes for the decision of choosing whom to marry. I get that it's an important thing to you, but honestly, you're not that important. So just pick something and get on with it. Being a young person is already confusing enough without you obsessing. Yeah, I would agree with that. For the most part, I'll be discussing discernment of a consecrated vocation, generally speaking. That is a way of life that requires sacrificing marriage. That includes religious life, consecrated virginity, and today in the West, most vocations to the priesthood. I'll use a question and answer format, both for clarity as well as for some gags to entertain myself. So here's the first question that Father Andrew answers. How do I know God's will? As promised, I'll tell you what not to do. Don't treat God's will as something independent of or opposed to wisdom. God wills for us to choose wisely. So if you've prayerfully figured something out, anything in life, according to the best of your wisdom, you're done. Don't think that discerning God's will is something different than that. Next question. What if I don't feel called to a consecrated vocation? Good. Move on. Very few people are called to it and not that many think about it. And you don't have to. Before I finish what he says here, I just want to reiterate that point to all y'all watching, to all y'all listening, because this is something that I really needed to hear throughout the entirety of my life. Because as I've shared before, there were times where I genuinely thought the Lord was inviting me to consider religious life. But I think there's a huge difference, especially if you watching or listening have quote unquote discerned a religious vocation yourself or even considered it. There's a difference between legitimately being called to that vocation and being invited to consider it. Kind of like whenever you're in a relationship, hopefully you don't have like several engagements in your life before you get married. Um, not that it's a bad thing to break off an engagement, but there is, there's this serious discernment involved and it's a bigger deal to break up when you're engaged than when you've only been dating a few weeks or months. So you might date tons of people in your life, but you're probably only engaged to one or a fair few. You only marry one. Usually I know there are exceptions, but that's kind of how it works. And so whenever we're talking about feeling called to a consecrated vocation, at least for me, there was definitely pressure 
at different points, as I've shared before. There was pressure, whether it was from other people, whether it was from a certain Catholic culture that I was in, whether in college or otherwise. And that's not necessarily something that I was ever called to. Yes, I believe the Lord allowed me to consider it, allowed me to discern it, but whether I was ever truly called to religious life remains a question. But I think this priest hits the nail right on the head. Very few people are called to it, not that many think about it, and you don't have to. Therefore, if some little old lady after church comes up to you and is like, Sonny, have you ever thought about becoming a priest? You're just so holy. That does not mean you even have to think about being a priest. Um, Just a few months ago, I was at Mass, and the same thing happened to me. This little old lady came up afterward and was like, Sweetie, you are so beautiful, and your dress is so modest. Have you ever thought about becoming a nun? And it's just like, I get that not enough people wear modest dresses to mass, but just because I show up in this dress does not make me non-material. And when I was talking to my spiritual director about it later, I was like, it was the last day of a novena. And I think like that is a sign from God, like I'm supposed to be a sister. And he was like, Morgan, like calm down, like just take it as a compliment. If you and your heart of hearts do not want to be a sister, You don't have to. God is never going to drag you into a convent kicking and screaming. Like, it is your choice. Kind of like Father Andrew in this article was saying. He was like, God allows you to choose wisely. So discerning marriage or a consecrated vocation, it's not actually like, oh, I have to figure out between the two of these. And we'll get to that further on in this article. But just because the question like arises maybe outside of you, if you don't authentically feel that call from the Lord, you don't have to entertain it. So one last time on this point, what if I don't feel called to a a consecrated vocation? Good, move on. Very few people are called to it. Not that many think about it and you don't have to. Go get married or something. Quote Father Andrew. Isn't everyone supposed to discern a consecrated vocation? No. Isn't marriage a vocation? I guess. (laughs) In the sense that it's a way of life that God can use to sanctify you and the people around you. But it's not a vocation in the sense of special calling and definitely not something you need to discern. (sighs) Back up. I'm going to stop. This priest is literally pointing out, like, you don't actually have to discern whether or not you're called to marriage. And if you're sitting there like, what are you talking about, Morgan? Just keep listening. Father Andrew continues. Every human being, in virtue of being part of the human species and having a human body, is called to marriage. Family life is home-based and definitive for all of us. So you're not discerning whether you're called to marriage or celibacy. That's already a dumb question. Everyone is called to marriage by nature insofar as they are human. The question is whether you're also called to a supernatural way of life, some forms of which require you to sacrifice the natural calling of marriage that you already have. Next question. 
how do I discern whom I'm supposed to marry? I have no idea. Dating? Question mark? Is that what dating is? I guess the other person should be involved at some point? Question mark? Go ask your parents. Okay, Father Andrew. Next question. What if I pick the wrong vocation? God will not eternally destroy your face if you pick one holy way of life over another. For the love of God, why would you think that there's some magical vocation out there for you that you have to magically find out? And if you don't figure it out and end up doing some other good thing, you'll burn in hell forever. Discerning a vocation isn't deciding whether or not to follow God. The fact that you're thinking about this already means you're following God. A vocation is just the particular way you're going to do it. But all the options before you are good options. I've had girls come to me having panic attacks because they're not sure which convent God wants them to join. All caps here. Calm down. They're all convents. If you like one more than another, join it. But what if I like something more than another for selfish reasons? Why are you like this? Why are you doing this to yourself? More importantly, why are you doing this to me and wasting my time? Your vocation is first and foremost for you. I'm going to say that again. Backtrack. Your vocation is first and foremost for you. So if you like one more than another, good. Do you think God's will is for you to hate being alive? Do you think you'll be able to serve others very well when you're living like that? Yeah, every vocation has its struggles. Just leave the martyr complex at the door. You're not doing anyone any favors. But isn't suffering part of a vocation? No. Suffering is a part of human life. You don't have to seek it. It will find you wherever you are. When it does, deal with it like an adult and it will sanctify you. But how do I know which vocation I want? How am I supposed to know? What if I feel called to a consecrated life but don't do it? The young man in Matthew chapter 19 asked Jesus what he needed to do to gain eternal life. Jesus tells him to follow the commandments. The young man, feeling that there was something lacking in his life, asked, but what do I still lack? Jesus answers, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your belongings and give to the poor and come follow me. The guy didn't want to, so he left sad. But the reason given in the gospel for his sadness was because he had many possessions. Not that he had this one and only chance to follow Jesus, and now he was lost forever and condemned to hell because he missed his one chance, as if salvation is an Eminem song from 2002. Look at Matthew 19 again, verses 16 through 30. The first question is about eternal life. The answer to that is to follow the commandments. 
not selling his belongings and following Jesus in that radical way. Following or not following a vocation is not a moral or immoral act. Choosing one way of life in Christ over another is not a sin. Sin is determined according to the good or bad of the human species. In quotes, the Sabbath was made for man, in quotes, not for Fred. Meaning that the Sabbath was made for man in general. It's not just for this person specifically. So your vocation is determined for you. So it falls into a completely different category than sin does. If you feel called to give up everything, sell all your belongings and follow Christ, go for it. If you don't do it, you won't go to hell, at least for that. You might walk away sad, especially if you have many possessions, but that's a different thing and not my problem, says Father Andrew. Am I supposed to feel something or receive a sign if I am called to a consecrated vocation? Father Andrew says, I didn't, and I don't know anybody who did. If Jesus did appear to you, either that's really cool or you're really crazy. If you got a rose on your doorstep or something, you might have a stalker. Is it okay to date if I'm seriously discerning a consecrated vocation? Nah. You wouldn't seriously date more than one person. There's no way to do that without hurting someone's feelings or your own or both. Next question. What if I'm not seriously discerning, just kind of thinking about it? Should I break up with my boyfriend or girlfriend? Probably not. If that starts growing, it wouldn't hurt to talk to them about it though and go from there. What if I had a really sinful past? Nobody cares. Worry more about your present. What if my sinful past still haunts me with memories and temptations? Work on it. But I don't think it makes a consecrated vocation impossible. See St. Augustine. But didn't St. So-and-so say X about vocations? Beats me. Go ask her. Why are you so rude and unhelpful? Because people keep trying to talk to me about their vocations. Isn't a consecrated life more noble than a married life? Yup. Doesn't mean you're called to it though. And it doesn't mean that any given celibate is any happier or holier than any given married person. If it's more noble, then why doesn't God call more people to it? Because noble slash higher things are by definition rare. Isn't the priesthood more noble than the lay state? Nope. At least I couldn't find anything in Denzinger that says that. The priesthood is about service and answering dumb questions. <laughs> but most priests are also dedicated celibates. So the previous two answers apply to them for that reason. What's it like being a priest? It's cool. Sometimes it sucks. 
Aren't you supposed to say it's amazing? This isn't a Disney movie. What's the best part about being a priest? Saying mass by far. What's the worst part about being a priest? You. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love this guy's sense of humor. If this is how you feel about people, why didn't you become a hermit? I wish. Seriously, you're rude. That's not a question. Okay, so how do I discern my vocation? I don't know. This is a super personal thing that God gives to you. It's not intelligible to anyone else but you. Figure it out yourself. Can't you give some general advice? Fine. Pray long and peacefully and go to adoration and sit and shut up and just be there. Look at what challenges you and exhilarates you. Look at what brings you closer to God. Look at how God works through you. Keep trying to grow in love of God and neighbor and all the virtues. That will clear your head and help you think better. Most importantly, look at what you want. Do you want to live a consecrated life? Okay, do it. Are you not sure? Go do one of those weekend visits or like a Zoom meeting or whatever. Do you kind of like it and think you might want to do it? Then that's what seminary and novitiate are for. Join. Next question. What is it like to follow, follow a vocation? Weird and interesting and annoying. <laughs> I would say that that is 100% accurate. What if I never figure this out? God will use you anyway. Should I calm down? Yes. Thank you to Father Andrew for sharing this blog online. Thank you, God, for allowing me to find it. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for putting it on my heart to share today, all for the greater glory of God. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Again, if you would like to read this article for yourself or reach out to Father Andrew, see the link below. Thanks so much for joining. I hope that you found that as helpful and as humorous as I did. And we'll see you guys back here again soon. God bless. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. If you enjoy our mission, we would love for you to become a patron on Patreon. Our patrons are what make it possible for us to continue doing Joy and Hope full-time, bringing you the inspiring creative content that uplifts you to live more joyful, hopeful lives. So please consider supporting us. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless and see you next time.